local, he's from Florida. But five weeks ago, this guy was on the Suzuki City privateer team. Matt Gerke, whose career had kind of stalled, he'd had a couple of uh, factory support rides in the 250 class, was never able to make the most of it. It seemed like every time a win was about to come, he would crash or he would get injured. This was a last resort for Yamaha. Josh Hill had been struggling all year with back injuries. Their other rider, Grant Langston, has been out for a couple of years with an eye injury. Brock Hepler hit his head at the last Supercross race here in Vegas. Their entire team was injured. They could have packed it up. They could have said, we'll just go racing in 2010. Instead, they gave Matt Gerke a call. And Gerke, by the way, had a broken wrist when this year began. He had two solid runs for that Suzuki City team. Yamaha called him. Credit out to his old team. They said, you know what, man? been doing great for us, but we don't want to hold you back for an opportunity to ride a factory bike. But I don't know if even Gerke or even Yamaha expected it to work to this level. Matt Gerke is going to win at Southwick, and of all the first-time winners this year, nothing is more shocking than this. No, no doubt about it. And uh, He gave us a little hint, though, at Unadilla when yeah. he showed up. Yeah. On a Pulp MX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liet Re-Raceables podcast. Lots of fun these are, and we are doing Southwick 2009, an upset winner, a rainy, muddy day at the Wick. Uh, and, yeah, we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the the ups and downs of this class, a massive point swing in the 250s as well. So we'll talk about that and more. Thanks to the folks at Liet for coming on board with us. Uh, you look at the Moto Concepts guys like Freeze and Freckle. They are podiuming with Liet gear out there. Uh, different people ride for different reasons, yet there's a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body on the line for the sheer enjoyment of it and this is what Liat offers as a brand they make protective wear helmets goggles riding gear braces boots neck braces covering riders from head to toe for both moto and mountain bike uh, but what Liat really stands for is a promise of things to come they are in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and the equipment to put yourself faster harder and further than you thought you could go visit them at liat.com really cool factor of them coming on this podcast is that if you want to get some Liat stuff you like what you see, then uh, uh, contact us using the form on pulpmx.com, and we'll give you a discount at liat.com. It's that easy, folks. So thanks to those guys. Thanks to Scott Guts Racing. Pro Taper and Maxis all on board with us as well. Scott Sports has been providing the best in goggle technology in all motorsports disciplines for over 50 years. Scott's the global leader in innovation, technology, and design. You know, our guy Johnny Knowles at Southwick 09 was just crushing it. Uh, Scott has always been proud oh, to support. That's where they shine. Yeah, that's where he shines. You know that, Weege. Uh, champions like Jason Anderson, Pro Circuit, Caleb Russell, Chad Ween, and Walker Fowler choose the quality product and support from Scott. Scott is excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the re-raceables podcast many of which have included scott goggles scott the only goggle made in the usa we'll tell you more about guts racing maxis uh and pro taper later on in the show but that voice you hear is my partner in these uh, lee at re-raceables the man who called the action from southwick 09 with jeff emig 
It's Jason Wygand. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Oh, great day for uh, one particular rider that will really focus in on this. But honestly, uh, great day for myself. Uh, this was the first year I got this uh, gig. Great day for uh, myself. I like how you're yes, just, like, yeah, just coming out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because 2009 will always stand out. That was the first year I got this gig uh, announcing the, the Nationals. That was absolutely huge for me in my career. Yep. Um, many people doubted me. Uh, you know, I, this is to prove that, you know, I had a chip in my shoulder. You know, yeah. many people doubted us. I had to fight through adversity. You know, I had to come together as a team. We just showed great heart and character. Mm-hmm. All those cliches. Um, so when I go back and watch any race from 09, I mean, I remember every moment of that year, every meeting, every moto, every everything like that just stuck out. Yeah. Where I was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this job. And then this was maybe the craziest race of the year, especially when you consider who won. And I remember all those details. Like, I just, it yeah. was so cool to say i was doing this did i do as well as matt gurky did i perform as well i don't know i just know that it's it was as enjoyable for me as it was for him wow that's uh that's good to know i was going to ask you how many years you were into it at this point so i didn't know i knew this was early on but i did not know it was year one and uh yeah, yeah you're you're really good uh um you know what come well, i think what's funny well we'll get into what, what i think is funny about this later on but um yeah matt gurky yeah, factory yamaha fill-in rider wins southwick national 6-1 scores it's his only career uh pro win uh um michael byrne 3-3 john dow 10-2 i was at this race also you can actually see me standing in the first turn uh, as the camera zooms into the line. I'm sitting there with a black hoodie uh, getting rained on. Uh, so I was at this race as well this day. Um, so lots to get into when it comes to this race. And we have the manager of Factory Yamaha back then, Jimmy Perry, my old team manager as well. We got Jimmy Perry on the line because... You know, I mean, they had to find a Josh Hill got hurt. They had to find a fill-in rider. What went what went behind that? Why Matt Gurky? All of that stuff. Uh, Jimmy's on the line, and he'll tell us more about that. And he's a he's a really good storyteller and a and a funny guy. Uh, not the greatest guy to work for. We didn't always see eye to eye, but uh, away from the shop, uh, very funny, very nice guy. Uh, um, so yeah, um, really good. I, I am yeah. always surprised. We see Jimmy all the time. First of all, he remained with Yamaha. First of all, he always talked this race up because these are the waning moments of Team Yamaha even existing. Um, did they even race in 2010? I know they were gone by 11. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think they were. I think that was it. Right. Yeah. So they're, the team is actually going to be done, and they end up winning a race at the end of the year with a replacement rider, which is unbelievable. Um, and then, if, But Jimmy stayed at Yamaha the whole time, and then they did eventually come back with the factory team. You know, up until last year. Uh, so Jimmy was there the whole time, and it always shocked me. I'd see him at the races every weekend. I'd see you at the races every weekend, and it would always shock me that you two would bro down because mm-hmm. I just figured, I, I, I just did not think it. Uh, you didn't get along with him. Do you get along with anyone that you work for? <laughs> You're a bit of a rabble rouser, Stephen. <laughs> rabble rouser? I disagree. I disagree. I mean, well, whatever. I see you bro down with Davey, and the amount of times that he's called you on the phone angry, yeah. you still bro yeah. down. So yeah. This is just yeah. the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I like I like, I like, I like Jimmy Perry. Um, we, like, again, working for him, he was tough. He comes from Mitch Payton, right? Literally from 15 years old, uh, sweeping the shop at Pro Circuit, to wow. being you know, sort of a manager at Pro Circuit and all those years, and Mitch Payton, you know, driving it hard, right? Um, working a lot and all that. So Jimmy kind of came from Mitch Payton School of Management, and that's fine. I get it. But, yeah, we definitely, um, you know, butted heads a few times. But, again, like at dinner and away from the 
track, and you know, and he was a, a fine manager. Uh, really funny guy, really good guy. A very, um, he's a very student of a sport, of the sport. He really is into this. Like you and I will do stories on Racer X, and he'll text us or talk us, flag us down the next day, and be like, "I think you guys got this wrong," or "or I forgot about that," or whatever. You know. Or so. I love these old photos. That's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, where'd you get that? 1984 Johnny O photo that's so cool or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a fan, which is cool, you know. Uh, uh, well, yeah. there's a lot of guys in his position, which is basically you're having to go to the races every weekend, that eventually get over that. But I don't think he, he's one of the few, probably like Mitch, that's just it's just what they do. Yeah. Like, I don't think they yeah. ever think like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to stop. Yeah. Uh, so you're calling the action with uh, Jeff Emig in the uh, in the booth, um, and yeah. actually John Dowd. This is what I was going to bring up. Dowdy goes ten two for third. He's doing arena cross with you this year. He's he's basically retired. You're his partner in the arena cross series, uh, uh, and he gets third overall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's I actually had forgotten that it timed out that yeah. way. So he's half retired. Yeah. He's actually a TV announcer, and he just shows up at Southwick and almost wins. Yeah, you're like, hey, uh, Fro, uh, uh, the guy that sits next to you in the Arena Cross series that I work with, he's he's second right now. <laughs> he's second place. So, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, it's Southwick, and if it's Dowd or Henry, you just have to believe any story anyone tells you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, it doesn't I, matter. I love Southwick. It was gone for a number of years. Well, two years, I think it was gone for. Keith Johnson told us at the live show this weekend, and I felt like it was longer, but I, I absolutely love Southwick. I, I love the quaintness of it. I love how it's in the middle of a town. I love the locals. I love the tradition. Uh, I, I never want Southwick to go away. Um, is it the greatest soundtrack ever? No, but it's the best we got, and uh, I love it. And this day was crappy and pouring rain it reminded me a lot of the day that dungeons bike didn't start kind of almost the same overcasty shitty not pouring rain just a you know a, 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 um uh just a, a down a, a steady uh, downpour all day um yeah just a, yeah one of those days those we, we've had a bunch yeah, right? like, yeah it's like traditional southwick yeah we've had a lot right uh yeah. over the years so uh also aaron bates uh was with you you guys were on speed tv what was yeah. it like working with aaron how'd you how'd you enjoy that or did, did you have much uh, uh to do with her well it wasn't actually that odd because i did the supercross webcast for years before this and including this year mm-hmm. and Feld, well, it wasn't Feld then, whatever it was. We had five different companies. Clear Channel, let's call it that. Um, we were always pretty integrated in, like, the the TV crew. And she started on the live announcing crew, and we would, like, send it to the podium with her. And then she moved over to the TV side. But everybody would be in a lot of the same meetings together. So it wasn't at all like, hi, I'm Jason. I'm now part of the TV crew. I felt like I had worked with Aaron 17, year, 17 weeks okay. for the previous five years so it wasn't anything that different actually. okay all right yeah yeah um yep. also um, was cool yep. mid-race interview with brian vickers a red bull nascar driver or something i don't know oh, yeah i forgot about like that. that good catch yeah brian vickers um, and he says he said in the interview with aaron it's real bummer to see chad go down meaning like he's into it like he you know i uh i guess i could say this now um aaron and vickers might have come to the race together. Oh, okay. Might, might have been a dating situation at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Who knew? Um, but I do remember saying, like, when we decided, like, he was a big deal. So yeah, you interview yeah. him if he's there, it's cool. And he's into it, as you could tell. But at the same time, it's like, do not mention at all that these two are dating. This is this is journalism. We're interviewing him because he's a NASCAR driver, not because he's dating Aaron at the time. I'd forgotten about that. 
Yep. Yeah. We actually hung out with Vickers, if I remember, either Friday or Saturday night. He, you know, as always, same thing when people want to hang out with us, like the real insider stories mm-hmm. he has. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. Yeah. 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 I bet. Right. So Brian Vickers is there yep. getting interviewed by Aaron Bates. I did not know <laughs> any of this, but, um, <laughs> um, and then, uh, um, yeah, some really notable results, uh, from this race. And again, so, uh, Matt Gurky, and so he's with Suzuki City. Right, Matt bounced around a few teams. Of course, Butler Brothers for a number of years, and there was one year the Butler Brothers grabbed him when he was wearing some god awful gear on a Suzuki, and he was doing really good. And they <laughs> filled him in. And, um, Matt, he was getting like sevenths in Supercross, yeah. like again, it, it, not even like it with a field being hurt, like just legit good in the four fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a journeyman pro for sure, and so he'd filled in at Yamaha and we kind of with Jimmy, we went back and looked and like he qualified second fastest at Butts Creek. He, you know, crashed out, but, but was showed speed. And then he had done a really well at another race. Like he qualified fastest. I think at Unadilla, Unadilla. Yeah. His first round. Yeah. yeah first round. Um, yeah. And then he wins this one, six, one. He actually, uh, in the broadcast, uh, cause it's, it's the highlights of the moto one, uh, Emig says how fast he's going until he crashes and he's managed to get all the way back up to six. So he's hauling ass in the first moto. Uh, he wins the second moto after, after Chad crashes, like all you could want from a fill-in rider on a factory team is what Matt Gerke was delivering at the, around this time. That's all you could ask. It's true. Like, obviously, winning races and going that fast and being a contender is awesome. But I do feel like it had a tiny bit less of a surprise element because this was Matt Gerke. It was like every couple of years he would get healthy and he'd pop back up, and everybody knew the dude was fast, right? Everybody yep. knew he was good. Yep. It was just, is it going to happen? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be on the right bike or team? I feel like there were maybe, what, four different, like, peaks for Matt Gerke where he'd be like, <laughs> holy crap, this guy's good. And then two years, you wouldn't even hear about him. And the next thing you know, holy crap, he's good again. I remember, God, one year he and uh, Ryan Morris were teammates with uh, Yamaha Troy yep. in the 250s, and yep. they were killing it. And then, yeah, as you said, a few years later, he ends up on the Butler Brothers team in Supercross, and he's getting seventh. And yep. I remember you always held him and Pike up as a standard of, if they're in sixth or seventh, whoever is in eighth is losing his mind. Yeah. And he cannot catch them. Yeah, that this guy is beating them because Matt, yeah, he uh, – he was just a solid pro for a long time. Um, but because it happened so sporadically, yeah. it would be like, how can I not catch Matt Gerke? But like, Matt yeah. Gerke was actually that good when yeah. he was, uh, uh, I guess, not hurt, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he raced in Canada for a little bit as well. He was good up there. He, he Near the end of his career, he also jumped into the stands at Indianapolis, which caused <laughs> all the bull berms to go away. And if there was anybody who was going to do that, it was probably Matt Gerke. Um the Butler brothers used to have a things that Matt said today on their dry erase board. Uh, and it was hilarious. Like Matt was sort I didn't of, know this, if you're going to get into this. Yeah. Well, it's, Matt was sort of this, like, uh, almost wanna, like a force gump where he would just literally say whatever came to his mind and wouldn't think about it. And they were like, okay, so Matt, yeah. Like we didn't call Matt for this podcast. I don't think Matt would have money things to say about this race. Besides it was cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we figured Jimmy would tell the story better. Matt was probably just like, yeah, I went fast, and it was crazy, and it was awesome. Yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, Matt Gerke, 6-1. Uh, Moose Gear, John Dowd, 10-2. Moose Gear. So, oh. I mean, dude, Moose Gear at this point. And spoiler alert, they are not going to make my Lit Kid Award <laughs> at the end of this podcast. <laughs> 
So there's just this. Is, sorry, Moose, okay. you're not making it. Uh, and Michael Byrne, three three. Michael Byrne, tortured existence at Southwick. Uh, of course, the the uh, the race that Craig Anderson won, his one and only uh, national win. Burner won the first moto on a Geico one twenty five CR one twenty five, and then couldn't get it done in the second moto. And then this one here. So with all the craziness, and we'll talk about Chad Reed in a second. With all the craziness in this one, Burner's in position for the overall. He goes 3-3 for second. He's in position for the overall, but Dowdy gets him like 22 minutes in or something, and that bumps Burn uh, uh, from first overall to a tie with Matt, but Matt got it on the second moto. Uh, a tie break, so Michael Byrne, a little bit of cursed existence at Southwick, never did win a national or a supercross, Michael Byrne, um, but came so close. Uh you know, I remember leaving this race, and, uh, you know, Burner's loved and respected by a lot of the guys in the mm-hmm. pits, even back then. And he was really super tight with uh, Emig, actually, who I was, of course, hanging out with all weekend. And I remember a lot of people, yeah, when you look at the results, you're like, ah, he would have got that first overall, but he lost it by, I think, one point, is what Gerke's 6-1 edged his. No, they tied. They tied. Oh, they tied. Even they tied. worse. Okay, yep. to illustrate my point even more. So I remember a couple people, even Fro being like, oh, can you imagine he would have got his first overall, but he lost it in a tiebreaker. Now, I didn't say this out loud, but I'll say it now. I remember thinking, yeah, but all you had to do is beat Gerke and Dowd. Like, to win the race, just win the race. Like, you can't – to me, you can never feel that bad over, like, I got third. I should have won. Like, all you had to do is beat them, and then you win the overall. Like, I don't don't ever see it that way. I mean, again, Dowd's Dowd's 44 years old, and he catches Michael Byrne and passes him 20 minutes in. So, yeah, yeah, so you can't sell. And I didn't hear Burns say this. I heard yeah, his yeah. friends say that sucks for him that he lost yeah. overall on a tiebreaker. And I'm just thinking like, well, just pass one more dude, finish second and not third. And you take care of that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't blame the math. Yep. No, absolutely. Right. Uh, so definitely um, uh, a tough day for Michael Byrne. Yeah. But um, also, uh, so Chad Reed, he is he clinches the title at this round before uh, at Bud's Creek. Uh, it's two rounds to go. Remember, this was the everyone who's listening. Remember, this was the Mike Alessi show early in the Nationals, and then as usual with the Alessis, nothing goes easy and nothing is drama free. And they get uh, uh, he goes to a press day. It wasn't even a press day, was it? At High Point. It was just a ride day? I, I think he just went to High Point early to ride, I think. Yeah, and breaks yeah. a kneecap, comes back. Uh, Josh Grant torpedoes him at Lakewood. Um, yes. No doubt loving that whole thing. And, yep. and I don't have a doubt, though, if Micah Lessie stays healthy, Weege, he wins this title. Yeah, I know. Villapoto was there at the beginning of the year. We interviewed Villapoto on the show, geez, maybe six months ago about his 9 He wins. Glenn Helen won one. Then he hurts his knee so he's out and then yeah unless he absolutely started rolling mm-hmm. now chad reed had a really slow start to this series because he hadn't even raced outdoors in a few years and yep. i think the decision for reed to race outdoors this year was like what like 10 days before the series yeah like, screw it yeah, wasn't try. much yep right so i don't think he had been testing or training or anything for it so chad was gonna get better but at the mm-hmm. moment before unless yeah. he got hurt i mean unless he was way faster than everybody else. The week before High Point was uh, Freestone in Texas. Yeah. And Alessi, I got to say, dude, he didn't even hole shot. He just ate the dudes up. Like, I remember him just blowing by Shorty and Tedesco. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, this is finally it. This is finally yep. Mike Alessi. Yep. Not just winning, but dominating. Was Chad going to get that much better? 
to catch him? I don't know about that. I, I think Alessi would have got it. I really do. He was that yeah. good. And, yeah, Chad would get closer, but I don't know. But anyways, Alessi goes out. Reed wins the title. This is the, the year that he took a, a, an assurance policy with Lloyds of London on himself. I think it was $2 million to win a title because he you know, obviously never won an outdoor title and hadn't won that many races. I think it was three. Was it three? Yeah, it I was. I think the insurance payout was three for the title, yeah. It was. He cashed in. He absolutely cashed in on himself, bet on himself, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, took home the uh, title. And he clinched it with two rounds to go. Like, um, so we, we were talking before the show, and you mentioned this on the broadcast, this 2009 season with Chad's uh, outdoor title. When Gerke yeah. is in the lead, you and Emig are talking about how this is going to make it seven first-time winners. I think that's Moto wins, but that's still a lot. Like, if you, And you think about it, so Reed would have won a Moto. Josh Grant would have won a Moto. Uh, Tedesco goes 1-1 at the night race in Lakewood. Smokes everyone. <laughs> uh, both Motos. Yeah, yeah uh, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, so that's three. Alessi would have been four. And I'm sure we're missing a few along the way, but I think, I think you guys were saying seven first-time Moto winners this year yeah yeah so you and i were like that can't be so what 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 that doesn't make any sense and then we started figuring it out and actually i guess it actually does make sense because yeah yeah and here's why it actually makes sense when you think about the previous year james stewart won every moto yeah and then before that oh seven uh it's oh six oh five oh four or three or two what okay carmichael's yeah. winning the majority of them right yep so there's not a lot, once Stu and RC aren't racing, there's not a lot of guys on the gate that have ever won in this class before. So yeah. as long as one guy doesn't win every round, you're practically going to get new winners every week. And we actually did. Yeah, Josh Grant had a great season with JGR. Uh, just another guy that was winning for the first time. So, And yeah. then uh, we actually would have more because Tommy Hahn would win the finale. And also... Also! <laughs> a young KTM... Rider who they moved up to 450s named Justin Brayton would win a moto at the end of the yeah. year. Uh, yep. Unless he goes three, two, one, 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 one before he hurts his knee. Yeah. Um, Incredible. And also, too, so Villapoto won, went 1 1 at Glen Helen. That would have been another first time winner right there. Uh, oh, Good point. So Villapoto, yep. Alessi, Grant goes. Grant wins the second moto at Redbud and the next moto at, at Millville the next week. So JG yeah. just. Captured the fire for for seven whole days, uh, which is pretty amazing for him. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Tedesco goes 1-1. Uh, but you're right. Chad Reed caught fire late in this year. And uh, yep. Shorty was second, and uh, he had some ups and downs for sure. He whole shots the second moto and leads for a little bit. Southwick, never one of Shorty's strong points, never. Um, but, uh, yeah, what a crazy what a crazy uh, a year for sure um, when you look at this. And then this was also, Weege, this was also the season – of Tim Ferry's last professional year. You know, I was looking through the standings to try to figure out who these seven winners were. And then I see Tim Ferry there toward the bottom with 87 total points. And I'm like, what was that? Yeah. So he did try some nationals that year? Yeah. So he broke his heel right at Daytona and yes. then basically never got healthy. Did a good job on it. but he, And he had a career-ending insurance policy, right? It's like 30 k a year. And I think it gets you a million dollars or something. And so he had a career-ending thing. But... What the deal was, was you had to try to come back and get to your old level. Like the before the doctors would sign off, 
you know, they they, they don't want to. The insurance company does not want to pay out the million dollars. They do not. Yes. Right? They want to do everything yes. they can to not pay it. And they literally had a clause in there. And I think this is right. I don't know if I could say this, but uh, screw it. Um, they said like, hey, you need to ride seven races or seven events to see if you can, you know, ride as good as you used to. Um, and so he was sitting. It wasn't going to happen. He couldn't practice. His heel was sore, but he had to do these races, right, to collect this insurance policy. And he tried. Like, he legitimately tried. I'm not saying he, he tanked it, and but he was sitting out for a little bit at some races. Then he would come back and race. And he would basically he basically timed it so that, like, Steel City was the last race of, you know, his career and, and, and all that. So he, he did it that way to prove to the doctors, like, hey, man, I'm no good. And he wasn't. Again, he wasn't faking this. He was no good. Um but yeah, very sad to see the 15 go out like this after what a legacy. Of course, he had uh, he had won the title the year before or two years before that. Of course, 2007. We all know that. Oh, uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I did not. So yeah, it's not, no, not appear yeah. that way in the. No, I know the, there's, the a, there's there's a. There's a, uh, an issue with the records. We're, we're working with Doris to okay. try to Yes, if I recall, that. he had the points lead, and then you just blacked out. Yeah, I think. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. as far as um, I know, after Washougal, the title was over. Well, this is crazy because I just said I remember every minute of 09 because it was such an amazing yeah. uh, opportunity for me. And I, if you had told me, did Timmy race the Nationals in 09? I would have said, no. I do not even remember uh, these yeah. attempts. Like, where was he finishing? Yeah, I mean, he had uh, a 10 points. For seventh. He got a 7th. He got an eighth. He got a ninth. Um, in a moto. Yeah, in no, a moto. Yeah, yeah, in a moto. Yeah. Uh, he, okay. he, you know, he went to eleven D or twelve DNF at uh, Thunder Valley. So yeah, yeah, there were some attempts there, but yeah. So the yeah. Great, great Tim Ferry went out quietly, not like the champion that he is. Um, well, it really was this uh, transition time when we've done a couple of shows around this era. You know, oh eight, oh nine, ten. Uh, Carmichael and Reed and Stu had won so much for so long. This is really a transition time. Yes, Reed wins the title this year, but you really are starting yeah. to see a whole new it, group of guys led by, you know, with Alessi and Villapoto and then Dunge, who we'll talk about in the 250s. Yeah. You're v starting to see a new group come in. Very reminiscent, 2009, very reminiscent of 1999. Albie's title. Not quite. Oh, yeah, not quite. Just, yeah, we're yeah. not there. Carmichael's not there. We're. We're sort of past uh, Jeremy, kind of everyone's figuring it out. We had a Henry and Albie back-to-back season where they didn't win many races, you know, but they won the title. And then, yep. and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's, now it's the Villopoto and Dungey era. And then after Albie, it was the Ricky Carmichael era, right? Like a very, yeah. like you said, transitional yep. year. It's a good good word, yeah. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, Matt Gerke, Southwick. Um, and Don John – so – we always like to joke. We had John Dowd on to do this Southwick 98 one earlier episode of these Lee at Re-Raceables. And we had John, uh, Doug Henry on also. And they're light on details. They're light on details. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you remember, like, talking to Dowd about this race or anything? Uh, I mean, I think I remember interviewing him after it, you know, probably in the press conference or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I thought maybe like, uh, like at, in arena cross booth or anything like that. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think so. Cause again, yeah, yeah. Like I would love to bench race forever at these races with doubt, but, uh, he, his, yeah, light on details for the stories. It is not like talking to David Bailey who could tell you like mm -hmm. there were three pebbles on the inside rut. So I moved to the one, two from the right. Uh, that's David Bailey bench racing. Dowd bench racing is, yeah, I don't know. I was just on it that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, exactly right. I, um, he's 44, too. Yeah, Jeez. He is 44, and I really feel uh, – we talked to Jim Perry here, and he thinks – 
that wasn't the case. But I feel like there was one point where Dowdy was catching Gurky, and then Gurky put the hammer down. Uh, Jimmy thinks if you're battling for a moto win, you the hammer should always be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. There, why would Gurky need a pit board to say someone's catching you? You should just be riding all out the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like Dowd rode well for a while, but just didn't maybe have the steam down the stretch because he probably wasn't even really training anymore. No. And he was 40 friggin' four. Yeah, he, he uh, was definitely was coming. Awesome. He was definitely coming. But, yeah, I felt like the last five minutes, six minutes, kind of Gurky pulled it back out. And, and yeah. you know, Dowd was like, hey, man, I'm 44. Just lucky to be here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, dude, could you imagine if he had won? Oh, dude. Can you imagine right? if you oh, won the overall 10-1 yeah, yeah. at Southwick at 44 years yeah, old? Yeah, <laughs> actually, simply amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Also, too, so Matt, uh, in the in the recap of this race, and you guys don't mention it. I'm sure you're not aware of it at the time. Uh, at this race, Matt says he missed his gate pick for the second moto, so he was far outside. He, you know, obviously the mechanics are, are, are trying to get these bikes ready and clean and everything else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he missed his gate pick. Even more remarkable to come out with the win. Yeah, uh, it does. Aaron actually, when she interviews him on the podium, does say that yeah. he just said that we were late. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, he crashes in Moto One, gets tangled in some banners, still gets sixth. But he again, no one's going to the gate in Moto Two saying I got sixth in Moto One. Yeah, I think I got a shot at the overall. Yeah, and then he doesn't even get his gate pick. Yeah, so there's no way that yeah. he's thinking or anybody's thinking like he's probably going to end up winning the race today so no. just incredible uh, also uh, how uh, this all turned out chad chad's leading the second moto and eats it pretty good that's a good crash over the finish line like good you think so yeah i do yeah i, I think he hit the ground oh, okay. pretty damn hard um got thrown from his bike so uh chad won the first moto pretty easily probably would have won moto two of course he beat he actually beat ricky in southwick you know like he's a good sand rider um um and it was it was chad's day for sure until that crash um, a couple other highlights that I liked. Uh, you guys uh, do a, a, a tech tip with JGR, uh, J-Bone, our buddy J-Bone. And he's like, we do a lot of stuff on the airbox. That's <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> great. Very technical. Yeah, very technical. Science of Supercross, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, I didn't realize this. So Robbie Marshall. Yeah, Robbie Marshall. Uh, he was third in Moto1 until the last lap. And he Oh, and, that was this year. I remember a year where he yeah, was. Yeah. I remember it was 09. Crashes in the last lap, and Burner and um, uh, Kyle Regal gets him, and he gets fifth. He goes 5'7", still a good day, but oh, what could have been for Robbie Marshall? Third on the last lap, another local. So that sucks for him. Uh, but that Classic allowed... Classic bro. What? Classic Southwick, Yeah, dude. but that allowed um, Burner to get third. Second place... Jake Moss in Moto One, three Aussies on the podium in Moto One. Uh, Moss was a fill-in guy for Stu, I guess. I don't even know what. What? No, not yep, Stu. Because Timmy yeah. was there. Timmy was there. So no, wait, no. Stu. It wouldn't have been Stu. Millsaps. Oh nine. Oh RV. RV. That's right. Duh. Right. Yeah. Duh. Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, Jake Moss is is a fill-in. Um, the Moss brothers were interesting. So. Yeah, I believe this would have been the year. So Moss, was <laughs> I can never remember which was Matt, which was Jake. Matt Moss was the one that raced as Dungy's teammate the next year, right? Yeah. That was Matt yeah. Moss. Yep. Yeah. Of all the guys that DeCoster has forgotten have ridden for him, that's uh, the one he forgot the most, right? 100%. 100%. Matt okay. missed most of the year. Then he came back near the end. And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can't. You had uh, two guys on Factory Suzuki. Dungy winning every single race yep. all year. Yep. And some other guy who was barely there. And when he showed up, he didn't do well. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. no way DeCosta remembers that. <laughs> no. So, Jake, 
I can't remember. Jake had already been here before with limited success, but he was killing it. Yeah. If I remember right. Uh, but uh, David Bailey, the, the guy was hanging it out. So I remember the next week at Steel City, Moss is making four or five mistakes per lap, just mm-hmm. pinning it. And Bailey says, you got to respect a guy who's trying this hard. It looks like someone went to the, to the fence and said, hey, if any of you fans can get this factory Cali on the podium, I'll let you keep this bike. <laughs> That's what he said. he's riding so far over yeah, his head to yeah. try to get to the podium. And then Moss heard that. Then he was super pissed off. At Bailey. Oh, he was? Um, oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super angry. He's like, I'm just trying my hardest, man. I'm trying to keep a factory. That's ride. fine. Good. Kind of what Bailey was saying. Bailey was saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> beat it. Um, both the Moss yeah. brothers were. I mean, I think they got suspended for doping too uh, in Australia later on, like like yeah. like five six years ago or something. Like they ran a loose program, so uh, um, you know, cal- calm down. Um, <laughs> okay. Kyle Regal too. 410 uh, Regal. This was number 475. It was Valley uh, Valley uh, Motorsports. Of course, the uh, Kyle's stepdad was around, and there was so much drama with Valley uh, this year too, and all of that. So um, it's one of your first uh, big moments of the Pulp MX show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. His dad calling in. Yeah, talking about the experience with Valley. Yeah, it was yeah nuts. Um, <laughs> I think that really was like the first like. Yeah. Wait a minute. Mathis has something going here with this live show where people can call in. Did you hear about Regal's dad? Like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it was definitely one of the moments, right? And then Lasergate was not long after oh, yeah. that. And it kind of, yeah. yeah, it started. You're right. It kind of started going a little bit there. Show 600. Maybe you have to have Regal's dad on. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. and Jeff Alessi. Jeff Alessi. Talk, Jeff Alessi's in this race, by the way. Um, also, you look at 2009 season, Chad wins, as we talked about. Jason Lawrence. Uh Third at Washougal, oh, and two other motos where he scores points, and that's it. He's checking out. He goes 40-40 on this day. Uh, so this was J-Law loose. This was his team, right? This was the year he had his team, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think so. And uh, then at some point, GL was semi-sorta on the team. Oh, he was? I don't Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was like very carefully worded where he wasn't on the team, but he was. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it was in, out of his truck at least. Mike Brown races the first race and never comes back. I don't even remember why Mike Brown did Glenn Helen uh, out of all the races, but uh, does the first round and never comes back. Um, and then Ricky Dietrich is out there. I think he's riding for Valley and, and putting in some results. The year before, I think, was his Cowie ride, uh, the off-road rider. So he's in there a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's all over the map, man. Uh, it's a really strange year a little bit that way with, with weirdo results. So, um, yeah. Christian Craig, 15th overall. Like, yeah. just the stories keep going. Christian Craig, 2009. He's still racing. Yeah, yeah. No, Young absolutely. Christian Craig on a – wait, is he on JGR? Is he on a Yamaha? I don't know. I mean, he filled in, right, for JGR for a little bit. So maybe I, that was it. I, I, you know, then he gave the interview where he can't hang on to his bike at Unadilla, and J Bone had to talk to him, but I don't know if it was this year. <laughs> maybe it was. Yeah, he, he, right. they pulled him over, and he's like, I can't ride this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bike's so bad. <laughs> right. They were like, hey, man, maybe uh, maybe next time just, yeah, make, say something else. Um, yeah. Uh, but thanks to the folks at Lee at Lee at com, of course, protection gear, head to toe, moto and mountain bike. Email us using the contact form at pulpamex.com and we'll pass it you a code to save with Lee at this is Southwick 09. Thank you to Scott. Thank you to uh, um, 
Pro Taper as well. When you talk to Pro Taper, you got that ACF bar that's out. It's a it is the first carbon fiber reinforced aluminum handlebar for motocross. So it's aluminum bar with carbon uh, core systems at the ends. So it's a it, it allows it to be super lightweight and exceptionally strong unidirectional carbon fiber cores to reinforce the aluminum tubing and safely reduce the wall thickness in key areas. I got more room on the bar weege for like your whole shot device, your mapping device, your kill switch, uh, your your quick adjust perch, uh, and whatever God knows whatever else uh, is on the bike. Thank God somebody's come up with this idea because look, I've tried to mount things on on handlebars. Yeah, you can imagine how successful I am with that. No, I, I yeah, I can't. No. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I was trying to put hand guards on my kid's bike the other day, and I mean, I mean, I'm flipping it upside down, left, right, looking in a mirror to try to get it right. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It. Uh, Something else, 139 bucks, four different bends, uh, protaper.com, of course, Rockstar Husky and Star Racing Yamaha, all using ProTaper. So thank you to those guys. Maxxis Tires, Kay Clayson currently blowing up my phone right now uh, using Maxxis Tires, but he's blowing my phone up because he's angry about not being invited into this uh, Yamaha LCQ race. But uh, he uses Maxxis Tires anyways. And uh, so please check out Maxxis.com, A-Ray as well, uh, Maxxis.com. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires. They'll, uh, they got a lot of stuff going on. Thank you to folks at Maxxis. Um, and, of course, Guts Racing. Uh, we're going to talk about Pro Circuit here in a bit. Uh, they use Guts Racing products. Uh, a lot of teams use Guts Racing, the Phantom uh, lightweight seafoam. They got covers. They got custom covers that you can design yourself. You use the code PulpMX22 to save at GutsRacing.com. Best seat covers out there. Best seat company. Uh, guys at Guts have been doing it a long time. They support a lot of teams over the years. So thank you to the folks at Guts as well for uh, coming on. And, of course, Scott uh, Goggles and the folks at Liat. Uh, let's go into the Jimmy Perry interview, we each, and then we will uh, touch on 250s because this was a big day in 250s too. Yep. All right, here we go. Here's uh, here's Jimmy Perry, factory team Yamaha manager, talking about Matt Gerke, the win at Southwick and more. And uh, take it away, Jimmy. All right, everybody, we've been talking about 2009 Southwick and Matt Gerke's most unlikely win, and uh, it was a crazy day for all the reasons that we've talked about. But having a, a, a big hand in Matt Gerke's win that day was the factory uh, Yamaha team manager, Jimmy Perry. He's on the line now. What's up, Jimmy? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. What a day. Uh, you started out with Hepler and Hill to start the year. Injury struck. Uh, you had to find a guy from Florida named Matt Gerke. Uh, he goes 6-1 for the overall at Southwick. Uh, what do you remember, Jimmy, about that day? Well, I, I think that the day was pretty phenomenal for the fact that I don't really think we had a win and our cards, and it, it seemed like Ryder, Jimmy. He wasn't even on the team. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there were highs and lows from when we started with Matt um, the week prior. Mm -hmm. We knew he had some speed. We knew he was good in the sand. But you know, at that time, Chad Reed was on a roll, and uh, it was going to be tough to overcome that. But you know, racing's racing, and it worked in our favor that day. It would be easy for us to just say, like, uh, well, you know, he's good in the sand and he was just great. But even the win was unbelievably dramatic. He gets six in the first moto. So it's not oh, even yeah. like, oh, just one magical day and nothing went wrong. A lot of stuff actually did go wrong. And he still won. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, um, the day started a little odd for 
the organization because his full-time mechanic or his mechanic on our team at the time, Ray Johnson, was sick and unable to make it to the track. So in our back pocket, in our bag of tricks, we had Bob Oliver, who's filled in for quite a few mechanics in his career, and he was his mechanic that day. So that kind of started the day on a weird note. Well, and so obviously we'll get into uh, Bobo a little bit and me being working at Yamaha with Bob and, and you, Jimmy. But we we used to joke because Bob at the time – so. Bob filled in for Brian Lunas in the Bradshaw days, and he took a win. Uh, Lunas fell off the trailer or something, right? Broke his arm. Um, yep. Then Dave Dice crashed on the concrete with Chad Reed in San Francisco one year when I was there. Bob took Chad to the win. I believe, I think, did Bob take Mike Craig to that win? Wasn't there one more in there somewhere along the line? A fill-in? Um, um, I thought there was. Maybe not. But uh, So then he, he does fill in for me. Uh, he does. He's not able to take Tim Ferry for the win. Uh, it's amazing. I, I, I don't know how he can't take Timmy to the win, but uh, now he fills in for for Ray, and and his rider wins again. Uh, Bob Oliver, everybody, terrific, terrific guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, Jimmy, what goes into so Hepler Hill, like I mentioned, get hurt, um, and I don't. I don't know if you how much specifically you remember about Matt Gerke filling. Matt was riding for Suzuki City at the time, but like when you and Keith and and whoever else sit down to be like, we need a fill-in guy. Like what goes through the and you've done this, you did this with Ben Lemay and, and maybe Sean Hamlin and you know. So generally speaking, when you try to fill in a guy, what goes through the requirements slash thinking and ideas? Because look, there's no way you expect to win with a replacement guy uh, like you did, but. What goes into everything? Well, there's a lot of um, things that go into it, and it starts by how long the athletes that you have on your team are going to be out. You know, if it's a week or two, well, then, you know, maybe there's no real reason to go and jump through all the hoops. But if it's going to be six or seven weeks and – we're halfway through the series, you kind of need to do something. And we lost Hepler early on, and then Josh Hill was struggling with back problems. So it was an ongoing thing, and Josh had already tried to ride and missed a few races and not finished. So we had to do something. So as you look around, it's, you know, who couldn't we get midseason? Who doesn't have all kinds of obligations that they can't get out of and you know who is capable of getting some results a win is obviously great but again that that was pretty far-fetched but um you know so those were the things that we took into consideration and at that time matt was riding well i you know i think his equipment was not up to par and he seemed to be in good shape he would get poor starts and be able to charge through the pack. And that was eye catching. And, you know, things came together. You said uh, it actually started the week before uh, Southwick. How did that go? Well, so, you know, if you go back to kind of the beginning, we started to talk to Matt at Washougal. And um, that was Josh Hill's home race, and he didn't finish. And um, I don't even know if we had the truck or I don't even know if Josh Hill 
was there, or maybe that was another year. But anyway, so we finally got Matt to come to California. We agreed upon what we were going to do. He came to California for a few days. You know, we went and rode at your Glen Helens, at your um, MX Compound or Comp Edge, and, you know, seem, things seemed to be going well. But when we went to Unadilla, his first race, I think he was quickest in practice in the first practice, and I think it rained and they didn't have the second practice or something, and the track slowed down. So he got first date pick at Unadilla the week prior. However, he crashed in the first corner and didn't finish. And then the second moto, he had to start on the outside, was coming through the pack, and was maybe someplace in the top 10 or 15 and he went off the track and got banners caught in his rear wheel and didn't finish that either. So he had quickest lap time in practice and a double DNF. <laughs> there, uh, I just looked it up. He did qualify fastest. You're absolutely right. Justin Brayton, we each was second. Uh, there was two sessions um, at at the at Unadilla, but there must have been the second session was three to four seconds slower, so it must have been heavy yeah, rain so, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just remember it was like, well, after the first practice, it was like, okay, well, you know, we probably did the right thing. At the end of the day with a double DNF, <laughs> that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, really, right? We went on to, you know, Bud's Creek the next week, and, you know, I think pretty good in practice, maybe top 10. Um, the first moto, he stayed on both wheels, and I think Matt Moss might have been leading and looped out going up the old finish uh, yeah. line or something. Yeah. Jake. I think and, that was Jake. I think it was Jake Moss. Oh, okay. Yep. A Moss. Yeah. How's that? A Moss. Yeah, exactly. And he finished on the podium. Uh, Matt did so it was like God okay that was pretty good you know that kind of backed up the Unadilla speed and then he crashed out the second moto so you know there was it was a high and low but at least he was in the fight and close to the podium so you know that's kind of you know goal achieved at that moment uh, Gerke He's kind of hard to classify, right? Because, okay, there's the standard story of, like, privateer, longtime privateer guy gets a ride. But he had always bounced around. Like, I remember he was on Yamaha Troy, geez, several years before this in the 250 class and was pretty good. Did you guys kind of know him a little bit through that already? I think that that's probably that started the conversations to begin with is, you know, we did have some background with him. It wasn't like we just scrolled through the results and said, Hey, let's talk to this guy. It's like, <laughs> Hey, who, yeah. who do we know? Who are we able to, you know, have a conversation with that we knew some background on and, you know, it worked out well. You know, what's funny though. So Jimmy, you're right. Like, so on Suzuki city at Washougal, uh, Josh Hill was not there. So you guys didn't line up and Gerke gets a fourth in one moto and then crashes out of the second one. It looks like. So then, like you said, you get him on board, fastest qualifier for Unadilla, but then the race goes to shit, but still fastest qualifier. And then, yeah, your, your, your next race with Matt Gerke, he's third in a moto and then crashes out. Like, what I'm saying is maybe, 
and he's from Florida, and we know the Florida guys can ride the sand. So maybe this Southwick, as shitty as the weather was, and as shitty as everything, maybe it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. Like there was some results uh, I, there, you know? Oh, oh, okay. But Chad Reed's pretty damn good in uh, sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is leading the points. And that year he was riding, he was riding great. Yeah. You know, so maybe a, a podium would have been um, okay. But again, when you finish six in the first moto yeah. and, and I don't remember what happened, you know, if he crashed or, but still, if you're that great in the sand and you're able to do it in hard packed or Bud's Creek or Unadilla, well, you should be way better than six. It's Southwick. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He crashed and uh, he got stuck under some banners. And then I think the sixth was like a crazy thirtieth to sixth after the crash or something uh, like that. But uh, but sixth is not. You're going into Moto Two thinking the overall is ours. Six. Yeah, we didn't have that one in the bag. And also, Jimmy, by the way, reading back on the race, uh, you missed your gate pick for the second moto. So old Bobo took too long to prep the bike, or probably your fault, to be honest. Uh, he had the last gate pick on the outside for moto number two and still won it. So Yeah, and and I don't know why that was, to be honest ah, with you. I'm sure it was your fault. I'm sure it was your fault. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm sure it was. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I'm wondering this. Uh, 2009, as far as I remember, uh, they kind of really revamped the series that year, Saturday, moving to Saturday, no more two-day format. And I think that's when we started doing all four motos back-to-back with nothing in between. Um, so maybe, was everybody still learning this drill of having way, way, way less time between motos than they'd had for the previous 30 years? You know, that that could be. But, you know, if I could, if I could maybe think about it a little bit, maybe from the cartwheel in the first moto and, you know, having to straighten out the bike, whatever that yeah. may be, you know, Southwick is pretty far from the track, you know, as far as pit area to the track, um, yeah. you know, you know, maybe all of those things played into why we were late. Um, but again, I, I don't recall. Yeah. Uh, so that's well, of the drama. How old is Dowd at this race? God, Dowd was. He's probably fifty-five. <laughs> I think he, he was. He this this was incredible by Dowd. I remember the crowd freaking out. He was catching Matt at one point. I think near the end, Matt stabilized it a little bit. But I was uh, I was there as a media guy, and I remember just Dowdy being just egged on. It was soupy. It was rainy. Chad had crashed out over the finish line. Yep. Um, yep. It was the second last race of the year. Uh, Chad had clinched the outdoor title, and Dowd was coming. And I think if Dowd gets Matt, then Burner wins. I think that's what we were doing the math on at that point. You know, and, I, and so... I, I, you could be right if you have, you know, the numbers in front of you. But so when the second moto started, mm -hmm. I think short was up front and then Chad and maybe Matt was someplace in the top five. And then within a few laps, I think that um, Chad got into the lead and was checking out like what you would imagine. And Matt was riding well. But again, not holding pace. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, past the halfway, 
Chad cartwheeled out of the blue, and I don't remember what happened other than Chad went down. Yeah, I was over and the finish line. Like you said, the yeah. title was clinched, so it was like he wasn't going to get back up and challenge. He didn't need to. So then it's like, okay, um, you know, he could win this moto. However, John Dowd was behind him. So guy grew up in the sand, grew up at Southwick in the sand. And, you know, that was one of Bob's guys when he rode for Yamaha. So we're thinking in the back of our minds, there's no way he's going to hold off John Dowd in the sand at Southwick. You know, it's just inevitable that this guy's getting reeled in and it's going to be a last lap pass. Yeah. yeah. But I got to say that, you know, within a few laps to go, it kind of stabilized. And I think Matt had a pretty sizable lead, if I remember right, but yeah, Still, he, we're racing John Dowd at Southwick. He won by 14 seconds, which is longer than I remember it being. But maybe the last lap, Dowdy ran out of gas, or you know what I mean. But uh, not. I, I feel yeah. like yeah. I, I feel like uh, you guys must have got the word out to him. I feel like he picked like Dowd's closed for two or three laps, and we're like, oh my god, oh my god, Dowd is going to win, and then yeah. Matt uh, pulled away. So maybe you got I, the word out. I mean, I. I wish we could take the credit for that. Okay. We're talking about Matt Gorky, who's a fill-in ride, who's leading a national. Right. You don't need to tell the guy anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a handful of people that have won a moto or an overall at an outdoor national. When you're in the front and you, when you went by the leader that was laying on the ground, mm -hmm. I think it was over. He, he didn't need any more. Okay. He didn't need a pit board. He didn't need anybody cheering him on. He knew yep. what the job at, at hand was. Uh, Burner, Burner got second overall, and Matt passed Burner in Moto2. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like he, he Matt came from fourth to first, uh, definitely earned it. Now, um, actually, yeah, for, uh, Jimmy, do you – I know from people who worked with Matt before on other teams in Canada and in the U.S., not the greatest test rider. Not really knowing what's going on with the motorcycle. Uh, do you remember any of that? Do you remember being like, yeah, this guy's just riding. He's not, there's no yeah, you know, I, I got to – I, I want to believe that by the time the that part of the year, I think our bikes were pretty good. Mm -hmm. And he just needed something that stayed running. He stayed on two wheels, and he didn't crash. Right. And he, that's what we gave him. You know, when he came to California, it was, oh, maybe it could be a little um, stiffer or a little softer or a little this, or can we move the bars? And it was just getting him comfortable. And then the rest, he just rode. Do you remember uh, what his win bonus was? Did he have a more of a win bonus because of a – Contractor. You know what? I I would imagine it was probably the same as everybody else, yep. which you know, at that point it was we weren't paying bonuses for anybody anyway. <laughs> why why wouldn't we give them the same that we were gonna pay the guys that were yeah. not there? Yeah. And do you remember any drama with with him getting out of his deal with Suzuki City or do you remember any issues with them letting him go or how I mean anything like that? For you know, I, I think that um I, I don't remember any issues. I think that that was kind of uh, 
you know, I, I don't want to say a, a buddy deal. Yeah, yeah. I think right. that it was pretty loosely wrapped, and they they wanted to see, you know, their guy, um, you know, succeed or or do better. You know, mm-hmm. they got him to as far as they could, and and I want to say that he wanted to use something on his helmet, and I don't remember if it was a sticker mm-hmm. or something like that, and it was like. You know, if you wear blue and white gear and you have these logos, the helmet, as long as it's not a conflicting something, you can right. do what you want. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, then I think that, you know, um, I think he wore moose gear Yep. because yep. that was a big part of that dealership, and they were, you know, easy to work with and put the logos where they needed to be, and and uh, it yeah, worked well. That's another thing to not uh, overlook here. I believe Moose won this race for the first time, and then Dowdy wore Moose this year, too. Moose was 1-3 on the podium <laughs> in yeah. this muddy day at Southwick. Uh, Jimmy Perry on the Liat Re-Raceables. Thank you to Guts Racing, Maxis, Scott Goggles, and, of course, Pro Taper. Weed, do you have anything? Okay, so uh, the next week, if I remember right, um, and we'll get back to Southwick in a second, I think... Uh, you know, there's still one race to go. He's still on the factory bike. We're like, yeah. oh, he's coming in with momentum. Didn't he try to jump something at Steel City and hurt his wrist, like, early in the day? Um, He did some – I don't remember what it was if he ch- tried to jump. You know, they used to have that kind of super cross section down at the bottom where it was like a big tabletop and you could jump on, jump off. Maybe yes. he did something there and hurt his ankle, but it kind of – at that point, it took the steam out of the sails, and there wasn't much uh, much to do that weekend. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a hard, like, yeah, he didn't like not race, but it, yeah. Yeah, it, went out it, of sails. It, yep. it definitely put a damper on the well, day. It allowed Justin Brayton to win his uh, one and only moto at Steel City. Okay. Tommy Hahn with the uh, overall. Great day. Yeah, yeah, great day. Yeah. Uh, Tim Ferry's last ever national, too, 12 7, the next week at Steel City. The great. Tim Ferry beating Matt Gerke by one spot, by the way. So just want to point that out, Jimmy. Um, okay. Hey, so when Southwick ends, uh, what is that like? Okay, it's first ever win for Matt, who turned out to be his uh, only national win in the U.S. Uh, and then you guys win with a replacement rider, and like you said, you hadn't won in a while. What was that like? I mean, it was it was you know you make a lot of phone calls on a Saturday or Sunday night, and. There for a while, those were pretty dreary phone calls because, <laughs> oh, we didn't finish, this happened. And it was a little better when we made the phone call after Unadilla because you could start by saying we were quickest in practice. Yeah. You know, so that that's exciting. <laughs> However, we didn't finish right. either moto. <laughs> but so the phone call, you know, back home was pretty, you know, cool. And, you know, everybody was obviously happy. And, you know, it was a bummer that Ray wasn't there. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, you never know when you're going to get another win. So the last one's uh, pretty special. And, and also, Matt rides Yamaha the next year. I don't know who for. Uh, but was he gets, it Moto Concepts? I think it was. Was right? it Moto Concepts? Yeah. I think it was. Uh, I don't know if that was Moto Concepts or Moto World. Oh, Moto World. And, yeah, he might be right there. And he gets third. You should know better than me. He gets third overall yep. the next year. Matt does that self yeah. too, on a Yamaha. So, yeah, he, he it's great. Um, I just remember he was asked uh, either at Southwick or at Still City, like, hey, do you think, you know, 
you'll be able to keep this factory ride. And he said, no, I got to deal with it, whatever team it was, Moto World or Moto Concepts, right. probably Moto World, saying like, but it's cool because it's, it's still on a Yamaha, so I'm pumped. So he was saying, I wasn't coming back to the factory team, but I remember him saying, I'm happy with the deal I have next year, and I do get to stay with Yamaha. Right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So this way, nobody had to beat a path over to you and say, Jimmy, come on, yeah. get this guy a shot. I mean, and you guys would have, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we would have. But look, uh, yeah, I mean, fill-in rides are tough. And guys jumping from one brand to another makes it even tougher. And you got to win out of your guy. you got a fastest qualifier. you got another moto podium finish. As far as fill-in rides, Jimmy, uh, this worked out. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more from a guy. Hey, jump on, uh, jump on a Yamaha from your Suzuki and let's go racing. So successful yeah. fill-in, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it was a shock by everybody because even when we, you know, we had some little success at Unadilla and Bud's Creek, still, you know, a podium or at that point, two top fives would have been a win since we hadn't had any of that, I don't think, all year. So to get a win was a big deal. And, uh, you know, there's been many a times that I've seen Matt here or there, and we talk about that. And, you know, when he, uh, you know, finally retired, I'd send him a text. And, you know, it, it, it's still a cool, it's a cool thing to, um, you know, yeah. talk about or remember. You know, I, somewhere I have a photo of the podium with, you know, all of us on there. And uh, I think the, the look on some of our faces was almost disbelief. <laughs> and then on the look on some faces, it was uh, a pretty big smile. That is awesome. And, uh, but nothing too crazy as far as uh, all night going to the bar celebrating or anything like that. No, nothing no. Um, you know, I think if if serves me right, knowing how things happened, in those days you could get late flights from the east coast to the west coast so if i had to guess we probably came home that night but i know the next week when we were at steel city we all went out to dinner and had a you know a nice dinner with you know ray who wasn't there and all the guys <laughs> that were involved with the the team that year was it was it a situation where ray was at the hotel woke up sick or couldn't make the flight at all do you remember no, I think he was – I, I want to say he woke up and he was sick, you yeah. know, maybe food poisoning right, or right. something. Yeah, yeah. He just said, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. Right, right. Huh. And, wow. uh, okay, hey, Bob, you know, we got something for you today. <laughs> you know what's funny is I don't think Ray ever won a race as a mechanic that I can remember. So, you know, this is – you know, he's not a, a, a multi-time race winner like myself, Jimmy. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah, that so sucks. a little that sucks. bit of history, Yeah. And, and I think this is the case, that Ray had worked for Matt Gorky when he rode a Suzuki in the 250 class oh. and shot his bike into the stands. Oh, oh no way. I think that is a... A true story. Wow. Uh, Matt ruining bull berms for years in Supercross. Thanks, Matt. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, uh, that is The funny. only thing that brought – what brought the bull berms back, Steve? Oh, yeah. My nets. 
My next <laughs> brought the brought the berms back. You're welcome, everybody. Um, uh, wow. I just yeah. want to add to everybody that Jimmy now works at Supercross and also at the National Ceramic Sports. But this time of year, you're working with Feld in the safety department. So yes, the nets. It's part yeah. of your program. Yeah, my yeah. nets. And Jimmy, can I can I give you like two grand to build some more? Can we get some more? Uh, yeah. Can I can two I do grand. this? Uh, uh, hey, um, Jimmy. Moving on from. Southwick a little bit. You were the team manager at Yamaha for a long time. Before that, Pro Circuit, you were Mitch Payton's right-hand man, right, for all those championships and everything else, and you started at Pro Circuit in the 80s. My point is I know you pretty well. Uh, I think you're a racer guy. Like, you love racing. You love the competition. Uh, I worked for you at Yamaha, of course, for those years. Um, So you call that work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Jimmy, I was working pretty hard at 03 Bud's Creek that first day, first moto, so... Okay, so my point being, like, you're not managing a, a team right now. You're working for Fell for MX Sports, and, and 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 even at Yamaha near the end, you know, you weren't managing the team. You were kind of helping with the various race teams. Do you want to get back into you know the competition and jump back into the fray? Because I, I mean, you know, I feel like that's where you lo- what you love, what you love to do. Um, or are you happy, you know, stepping back a little bit and, and leaving the track without being either super angry or super happy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a good question. And to be honest with you right now, I kind of enjoy a different role. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I do miss the racing side of things, but I probably don't miss the ups and downs of it. You know, I, I feel sorry for those teams out there that don't have a full roster of riders and injuries happen all the time. And it, it wears on you after a while. And, and I didn't really think it did. Yep, it yep. was like, you know, that was kind of part of it. But when you step back and, and see it, it happen to other people, it's, it's a tough, um, it's a tough weekend when guys get hurt or you don't have oh, a right, full yeah. crew, you know, all those things. I couldn't be happier stepping off the, the roller coaster as a mechanic. And I know Kehoe, I talked to Kehoe when he hung it up and he said the same thing. It's such a, it's such an up and down world of racing, right? Um, yeah, it's good, it's bad, it's terrible, it's it's, it's hard to do for that long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's so it's so um, grueling compared to other sports, just for the injury side of things. Yeah, you know, car racing. You know, those guys put in a lot of time and they travel and do all those things, but not too often does somebody get hurt. You know, it's kind of a shock that. This past weekend in Long Beach, Jimmy Johnson, you know, broke a finger when he hit a tire barrier. And I think that's just from the experience of not letting go of the steering wheel and it caught his hand. You know, so it it can happen, but we have a lot of people in our sport today that are banged up and they're not racing. And that's a bummer for everybody, not only for the teams, the sponsors, but for the fans, the organizations, for everybody. What what did you what did you make of Chad Reed taking out his 04 title bike, the team that you know you managed him to that title, uh bringing out his 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 04 title bike and doing some laps. You know, it was, uh, you know, it definitely brought a smile to my face, you know, just because it sounded really cool. You know, I think the fans that were there really liked that. And, uh, you know, it was neat to see, um, see him do some laps. 
Weege, do we want to wrap this up with Jimmy maybe talking about you know my uh, working with me for so long for ten or fifteen minutes about how great it was, do, or do you... ten or fifteen minutes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there, is there I, I don't think cover, it's going to take that long. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Ferry, Steve Mathis, Super Team, all those years. I mean, what an honor it must have been for Jimmy <laughs> to be around that. You know. Do you ever fully? Are you ever able to fully wrap your head around what Steve Mathis is doing now? Uh, compared to 2003, say, when you're working with him and he's just a mechanic. Is it ever going to be able to sink in? It must be crazy to you. Um, you know what? I I, uh, I think he's done a pretty damn good job putting down his tools and picking up a computer and uh, doing this side of it. You know, Timmy kind of said the same thing, and fuck both of you guys. <laughs> Timmy was like, "Hey man, I think you're a better podcaster than a media than a mechanic." And I'm just like, "Whatever, yeah. man, dog, you asshole." Best movie ever made. It's mechanic is stopping being mechanic. That's great. <laughs> you guys are you guys are assholes. Um, when when you finally lost your greasy tea handles. Wow. That was probably the best thing that you ever did. Listen, uh, it's no coincidence, Jimmy, no coincidence at all that uh, Dylan Ferrandis' mechanic, uh, Alex, had the uh, same bay over there at Cyprus as I had. And, and I'd like to say some of that oil and grease I spilled onto the ground and onto the desk, uh, uh, um, you know, got into Ferrandis' bike last year to, to take him to the outdoor title. Um, so, But we, we, we took your bench – the oily bench out to pasture. Oh. You know, so that bench is no longer there. We had to call it hazmat, I believe, <laughs> to have it removed. Okay. All right. Well, that the, the, the like to, to put it in the Hall of Fame, basically. Yeah. I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Maybe Hall of Shame. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I, I was I was taking some credit for that outdoor title because of the greatness in that bay. That, that, that you know, uh, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So you know, uh, what a day. Uh, anything else for Jimmy Perry? Weez. No, this is cool. I mean, I, I, we joke about it all the time. Uh, you were team manager, like, like when Reed, for example, won Supercross championships, right? But I always feel like this one you like to bring up, this is still one of the coolest things. Even though you've technically accomplished larger things as far as titles, I always felt like for you, this this one has a special place. That's yeah, I mean, I think that any time, you know, whenever something happens, like there's always wishful thinking, yeah, you know, we could do well. But when it really comes through, there's been a lot of um, fill-in guys over the last 20 years. And, you know, to get a win, that's pretty special for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. Yeah, I would oh, agree. Yeah. I would agree. Tough yep. to do anything with a fill-in guy jumping yeah. from one brand to another. Uh, uh, but, you know, it just yeah, it just doesn't work. This one really did. A podium and fast qualifier and an overall win. So, um, yeah. you know, had to, had, to, had to be good for sure. So, um, All right, Jimmy. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. 2009 Southwick Liat Re-Raceables. Matt Gerke's one and only national win managed by Jimmy Perry. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, guys. Good stuff. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't sound like they're really going to do any sort of um, um, honoring me and my time at Yamaha. The bench and, no, and, and, and KTM either. So, no, no uh, man, yeah. rough on you. Yeah, really, really rough. Like not getting treated yep. like a, you know, like a presidential, <laughs> like, I, like I thought I would. But uh, yeah, good stuff from Jimmy Perry. Thank you to, to Jimmy for doing that. Uh, good interview as always. So uh, 250s from this day. 
And look, I'm not a Christoph Porcel fan. We know that, okay? I never liked the dude. I thought the dude was a dick uh, and all of that, okay? But the guy, the guy deserves a title or two from his time at Monster Energy Pro Circuit. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he comes into this race uh, with a 14-point lead. Uh, sorry, 13-point lead. He leaves 17 down to Ryan Dungey uh, with one round to go. His bike blows up. He, he, he falls over. Again, Christophe Porcel, and then, of course, there was the epic trade Canard year uh, that was the year. The next year. The next year. Yep. And again, not a fan, but th- I feel bad for the dude. He should have won a title or two at his time in America in 250 motocross. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're able to see that, you know, uh, realistically there. I mean, he was as good as Dungey, as good as Canard, and they ended up edging, edging him for a title. Uh, in this case, it's because... Essentially, his bike blows up in the first moto here. That's mm-hmm. the biggest swing. Yeah. Um, and then the next year, <clears throat> he uh, breaks his arm at the last race of the year with a decent points lead, and Canard had already crashed, so he's probably not going to get the points that he needed to jump him that day. Until oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Crash. So, Steel City, they go 1-1-2-2. One, one, two, two. Yeah, Canard does then it goes, Steel City to make it close. Yes, but then it goes to Paula, and he crashes. And Canard crashes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, Porcel yep. just has to cruise. Yep. And then next thing you know, he's sitting on the side of the track holding his arm. That's right. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, so in this one, uh, I remember the first moto, uh, which I don't believe is archived. But I was really proud of myself in this one because, you know, he's fighting through the pack or whatever. And then all of a sudden we have a picture of him, um, you know, picking his bike up. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's pointed backwards. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm like... And I was just happy that I had seen enough laps at Southwick, even this small shot, I could tell that he was backwards. And I'm like, he's trying to bump start his bike. Like, he's not picking it up from a crash. He's trying to roll down a hill. He's got a bike problem. This is not a crash. His bike is dead. And, uh, you know, we've actually seen it. Pro Circuit and Southwick have a bit of a checkered history. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Yeah, going back to that race in 98 with Carmichael. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, So, yeah, he has a 13-point lead over Dunge. And, I mean, they're pretty even. Like, they battle quite a bit. Sometimes Dungey gets them. Sometimes he doesn't. But to think Dungey's going to make up in the last four motos, 13 points, is going to be tough. And then his bike blows up. And then I think he gets caught Purcell on a first-turn crash in Moto 2. So he goes 27-11. And Dunge is not great on this day. He's just okay. But he leaves with a giant points lead because of this. Yeah. Again, 30-point yep. swing. God, in one day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at Steel City the next weekend, Porcel actually does the Eli Tomac bunching technique. Um, oh, that's right. Know, yeah. Eight years earlier. Yeah. Like he tries to ride with Dunge and slow him up. Mm-hmm. Because also surprisingly good this year is uh, our guy Jake Weimer. He wins three overalls mm-hmm. in the 250 class yep. this year. Yeah. So I think Porcel's like, oh, I got Baggett. I got, I got, uh, I got Weimer. I got teammates. Maybe they can help. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he, no. As he said, he's like, my teammates were not fast enough to help me. <laughs> Again, the next week. Not a fan of the dude, but he should have won a title or <laughs> yeah. two. Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, um, he's um, trying to bunch up Dungey the next yeah, weekend, but yeah. they're still twenty seconds. Ahead. Yeah, they're way in front. Right, they're way, yeah. way, way, way in front. Uh, so a huge swing this day in the two fifty class, and yep, a title that got away from Christoph Porcel. There's no doubt. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's karma, Weege. Maybe it was just bad karma. I mean, like the guy wasn't. I I don't understand. Like, I know the, there's a you know there's such a stereotype about French guys, but Villeman is cool. Tortelli. I mean, I need to get into Tortelli. Ron Ron. Like, I don't I don't know. 
I don't feel like it was a French thing because like, I got accused of it being a French thing. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I can text DV, you know, or Tortelli or whoever, and they're awesome, right? But well, I'll defend you a little bit in this. A lot of your info was coming from teams that he rode for. Absolutely, it wasn't mechanics. It wasn't his mechanics. treatment of you. No. Yes. Well, he it was tre- his treatment he, of mechanics. He treated me shitty, but whatever. I'm just a media guy. I didn't. Yeah. That, that didn't. That didn't make me have my opinion 100. percent But then when I talked to guys that worked for him and team managers, I'm like, wow, like what an asshole. So me coming from <laughs> well, being I remember a, this was his first full time year in the U.S. And I remember you went to a GP this year. Do you remember what? You went to a GP at yes, some point. Yes, I went to a not. GP. I went to – this was uh, Toysenthal. Yes, I went to Toysenthal. Okay. Yeah. And you came back, and you're like, man, everybody that saw me is like, hey, what's how what's it like yeah. dealing with Purcell, huh? And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they all had stories of hating him. All of them. All the teams he worked with, all the people he worked with. You know, he would make up phantom issues with the bikes. He would point his fingers at, at the bike. He would, you know, never point fingers at himself. I mean, he's an incredibly talented rider. But, yeah, I just no t- – I have no time for Christophe Purcell. But he should have won a title or two without a doubt. Yes. And, uh, yes. But uh, uh, there was a rider who did win uh, this race. And he's not a local, but kind of a local. Justin Barsha goes 1-3 on the Geico Honda for his first national win. Uh, and we, like like we said, he's Jersey, right? He grew up at MTF. But I guess apparently the dude was at Southwick a lot as a kid. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of the factory connection, um, connection, so yep. to speak. Uh, and I guess if you're in New York, you venture. It, it depends. You talk to Phil, and he's like, oh, there's a going to Southwick. I was going to get my ass kicked by the locals. <laughs> so I guess some New Yorkers don't dare venture up there. And Phil is in this race, by the way. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. 20th. Our, our buddy. Yeah. No, our buddy. 20th. He goes 34-31. Oh, is it that bad? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Philip, Philip has a terrible day. <laughs> and and J-Law, uh, J-Law goes 40-40, but the only guy that had a worse day than Philip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even Phil on his worst day couldn't be as bad as J-Law, just probably not showing up to the line. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, Barsha, I guess, did venture up to Southwick quite a bit because he mm-hmm. was as good at this track. Yeah. He wins the first moto, and then he gets stuck in the gate in moto two, and like bad. Like him and you know, Barsha and Tickle are stuck in the gate, and I mean like 15 seconds they're stuck in this gate. And Barsha comes all the way back to third to go 1-3. Was this the uh, was this the day that um... – no, I'm sorry. Uh, Porcel accused the, the gate operator one time of, of, of screwing him over. Uh, Lakewood. Oh, that was Lakewood. Uh, yeah, that was at uh, Thunder Valley this yeah. year. Yeah. And I've he... never seen this happen in my life. The gate freaking bounced. Yeah. His gate dropped and bounced back up, which I, I don't – I mean, how many gates have you seen drop in your life? One bazillion? Yeah. Have you ever seen that happen? No, no. But, I mean, dude, you watch the footage. That literally is what happens. Yeah, he... So, he, he, he was not happy. Not happy with that, accusing people yeah. of, of whatever. But, um... Yeah. Uh, so, I was thinking about this was, there was... I knew there was a gate controversy, I think, from this year, but that was it. Not not Barsha's gate or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Barsha wins, goes 1-3. We do have another 6-1. We do have another 6-1 like Matt Gerke, but only good enough for second overall for Tyler Rattray. <laughs> Who was very good at Southwick? Like I don't, I don't want to pull up the vault right now, but Rattray was very yeah, good he at Southwick. Southwick. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. Yep. And a future Southwick winner, Brett Metcalf, four two. Again, the Aussies, uh, Moss, Burner, Reed, Meddy. Yeah, good day for those guys. It's funny how both Burner and Meddy were the same. Like, oh, they've come so close <laughs> yeah. to winning, but can never get it. Yeah, 
and and Very solid true. riders, right? Uh, yep. uh, good dudes, yep. uh, uh, work hard, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very similar. And, and, and we'll get to it in a little bit, but I easily have my Jacob Marsak Award winner uh, from Southwick 09. I, I already have it. It was very, very easy. Uh, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure you see who it is. Um, uh, so yeah, lots to get into when it comes to this race. Uh, man, um, yeah, a couple notables like we said. Philip, uh, not a good day. Uh, you know who does not have a bat? You know who doesn't have a or has a pretty good day? Um, yeah. Is uh, where we go. Yeah, T Dags eighteen nineteen. Now, no, you know, not amazing, but T Dags was like this was his first year pro, second year pro. So T Dags, me uh, venturing a very uh, uh, Canadian venturing down to the cutthroat American circuit eighteen nineteen for T Dags. Good job, he's a good sand rider. So, and his uh, brother, this is Tyler Medaglia, by the way, who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and Jeremy Medaglia also in there. Yep. And uh, just edging out Phil for 35th yeah. overall. Also, in the bizarre Yamaha of Troy rider list, there will be a mention of Jeremy Medaglia also what? getting a ride at Southwick on a Yamaha Troy bike. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, one race. I don't know how he did. I forget. But, yep, one race they called him up. Um, they, Justin Brayton goes 824 at the Wick. So... Are you familiar with uh, MDK KTM rider Justin Brayton? Just I mean, setting up for greatness the next mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. A moto yeah. win that, I mean, I think we all know when he won that moto at Steel City, it was a first of many. Yeah. Yeah, first of many, right? We all knew it was all coming, right? Specialists. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, thanks to the yep. folks at Liat. Liat.com. Uh, yeah, check them out, man. And uh, great company. They do great things. They also have the um, uh, uh, mountain bike stuff that's really good. And, and their neck brace uh, has been totally redesigned over the years and, and, you know, is really, really good that way, too. Liat.com. If you uh, Liat want. Liat neck braces are all over the races in 09, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Bro, good everybody's point. running them. Yeah, good yep. point. They are, right? Um, yep. Also, thanks to the folks at Scott, Maxis, Guts Racing, uh, uh, um, Pro Taper, of course. And uh, also, I want to thank the folks at, and Scott USA, of course. Our buddy John knows, like I said, off the top, Weege, this is where he shines, a day like today. Yeah. Yeah, he would have. It's not his fault that Porcel had bike problems, but uh, he was doing his job for that mighty Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, always using Scott Goggles. Yeah, and and, uh, I, I do know that Knowles, like he does with a lot of people, had a very love-hate relationship with Kristoff over the years because Kristoff did blame Goggles a few times, and Knowles was like, "There's nothing wrong with Goggle," you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. you know what though, Knowles, Knowles, who's the longtime Goggle guy over there for Scott, he's one of those guys where I wish sports had this more. Uh, our sport had this more. You follow mainstream sports as do I, Steve, and you mm-hmm. hear about these like the the coach athlete relationship how they would get on each other and they'd hate each other but they loved each other at mm-hmm. all at once mm-hmm. that is very much Knowles' relationship with his riders yeah 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 really right that's yeah. a good point Knowles <laughs> claims that he knows chad reed better than ellie <laughs> from his years working with chad but at the time to- sometimes he will hate chad yeah chad threw goggles at his face yeah yeah yes Go- chad threw goggles at his face one time yeah oh <laughs> yeah it's, it's a great point you're, you're you've really nailed it there yeah yeah um, yeah. All right, uh, Liat.com. Uh, Let's get in the categories or anything else Do you want to talk about. Uh, do you want to talk about anything with Fro or Aaron or Bond? Was Bondo uh, around or anything about TV? The- yeah, Bondo was around. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I remember, um, you know, every – this is the first year. This is a huge upgrade of the TV package. First of all, they're getting me as an announcer, so that's a huge upgrade. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, the Nationals had gone from being on, like, outdoor channel or something like that. Uh, and like a week delay 
to this year, we have every moto is live. You can watch it on the internet or on speed, and then occasionally on NBC, which is just the idea that there'd be live motocross on NBC was ridiculous. So the TV program really stepped up, and we had a lot of interest. Like, I mean, a lot. Like, big time NBC execs coming in, and speed was all in. This was still kind of the tail end of this X Games era where everybody thought these action sports were going to explode. So they were all in. Yeah. And every week you're trying to tease up how unpredictable this racing is and how exciting this sport is. So when Gurky, a replacement rider, is going to win, I remember Bondo saying, like, hey, we said for 11 weeks, like, in every meeting, like, this is what makes motocross awesome. It's mm -hmm. unpredictable. And he's like, play this up. So, yeah, I went on this huge diatribe at the end about his up-and-down career and mm -hmm. how he was on a privateer team, and Yamaha could have just packed it up. They had Hepler and Hill and GL, I guess, technically kind of still maybe their guy. And what a disaster it had been for injuries and everything for those guys. GL has the eye cancer. Hepler was turned to dust by uh, Millsaps <laughs> yes, earlier in the year, as yep, you said. Yep. Uh, so I just remember like building that up, and that's what they wanted from the sport so bad, and how lucky we were to get seven different first-time winners. I mean, if they had gone for a huge TV package in 08, they would have been like, oh, yeah, great sport. James Stewart won every single moto. Wow. This is phenomenal. Um, so we were just fortunate that we got on TV big time the year after that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, seven first-time winners happens all the time. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. This is what we wrote. This is what we live with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the previous nine years, no, it hadn't been Stuart Carmichael winning ninety-eight percent of the races. Yeah, no, not so, at all. Not at all. Don't look in. <laughs> yeah. the, don't look over there. Um, yeah. yeah, the year before was Ping and. I don't remember, and yeah, it was like two uh, weeks. Brian Drebber, yeah, I think. Brian Drebber, not, not oh, passed. Yeah, yeah, we did the we did the Millville 08 mud race, and yeah, they were on at weird times. It was just terrible. Yeah, it was not yeah. not a good coverage. You're right about that. Uh, so all right. I want to give credit to MX Sports for making that happen, but they'll just say that I'm a shill, so uh, I yep. won't do it. But yep. you guys can do the math yourselves. Um, all right, let's get into the Liat Re-Raceables category. Southwick 09. Again, thanks to Jimmy Perry for coming on earlier. Good stuff. Uh, all right, this is where we break down the categories. And if you guys have some ideas for categories, uh, just tweet us. Uh, and uh, we got a whole bunch of race ideas, so thanks for that. Um, yeah. we, we've, we've made a list of a few things, um, so we're going to do some of those coming up. And I think this was one of them. Somebody said this one, but we might have already had it planned, I believe. But then somebody, a couple people were like, you got to do this one. So, um, Jimmy Perry just smiles wide and mentions this race so many times. It was inevitable yeah. that it would be on our radar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so re-raceable categories from Liet. And again, thanks to Guts, Pro Taper, Scott, Maxis, all on board with this show. Uh, we just got the numbers uh, for the first quarter of this show, and the numbers are up. And you guys are listening and subscribing, so thank you. Appreciate it. It's all because of me, not Weege. Um, okay. All right. Who really won the race? Um, God damn, Weege. Uh, uh, I got my guy. What do you got? Uh, we, we know what we try to avoid the, who really won being the guy that actually won. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Hey, just to avoid that, I'll go with John Dowd, 44 years old, almost wins the overall gets on the podium, uh, was apparently a part-time racer and a, uh, arena cross announcer. <laughs> so, uh, I don't want to go with the obvious, so I'll just go with John Dowd. That's amazing. I thought you were going with Gurky. That's why I gave you the floor. I will also go yeah. with John Dowd. I was there this day. I know Matt only got one win, and I get it, but the crowd was losing their minds. Dowdy worked his way up to second. He's 44 years old. His god-awful moose gear, his god-awful style, all of that, and he's just crushing it. So John Dowd really won this race. Yeah, I on the podium, fans losing their minds, and Dowd's got no hair, and he's got a walker, and you know, just running it. So John Dowd. 
Yes, who really won uh, this race? I thought you were going to pick Gurky, so now I feel bad. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I thought you were picking Gurky, yeah. So, yeah. You know what I enjoy? Uh, I always talk about this in racing terms. Yes, John Dowd is ancient. Like, he is old man, and I'm sure there were Geritol jokes and AARP jokes and all this stuff. Uh, John Dowd at this point is the same age that I am today. As a matter of fact, I am also 44 years old, and I love how in racing terms, I know, right? You are yeah. double, like you are older than John Dowd. You are older than John Dowd, yeah, at 44. Yeah, but John Dowd at 44 is so freaking old. Um, Great point. And I remember Kevin Windham and I are the same year, and I would joke about this with Kevin all the time because Kevin is like 32 racing Supercross, all, all ARP retirement, Cheritol, retire old, old folks home, and I'm like, that's awesome. We're the same age, but I'm young and you're old because you race <laughs> that's a good point i'm a young it's a, announcer it's a great point to break down old yeah, yeah yeah no i i like that um yeah it's, it's actually depressing all right it's, out like, is so it's actually old. depressing he's 44 he's so old. old right right <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna go hang myself now um okay all right who's that guy award for south Bank 09 um so I was looking at the overalls, and a lot of it's familiar for sure. I have 17th? heard. Who's 17th in the 250s? Well, that, uh, yeah, Troll Train. Troll Train. 144, yep. uh, 2010 on the day for uh, yep. 10th is a solid finish for Troll Train. Good a job. A lot of familiar names. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go, though, right behind a William Hahn. Uh, Spencer Daly, he got 18th and 20th, uh, so he scores points both motos. And again, as a guy that you know tried to race pro, I, I would have given my left. If I if I went 18, 20 at a national, everyone would hear about it every single show I do. Um, so oh, yeah. Spencer Daly, Minnesota rider, so not a local, right? Not a not a not a local knowledge guy. I've never heard of Spencer Daly. Um, yeah, never heard of Spencer Daly. Okay, I'll go with another one. 33rd in the 250 class is Joe LaFalse from Naples, Florida. And when you click on his name in the RacerX uh, results, yep, yep. he has one race. This one. Really? That's it. Wow. Southwick, 09, yeah. 33rd overall. One you, appearance ever international. Cool. Do you have the vault open? Click on Spencer Daly. What do we got for Spencer Daly? All right, where did he finish in this one? He was 20th. Uh, 20th overall in 250s. Um, a shout out to, oh, by yeah, the way, Spencer Daly. Shout out to uh, Kyle. He quite a bit. Oh, he did. Quite okay. 07 uh. through 2010. Well, your your guy's better. If that's his only race that he, you know, made the main or made motos or whatever, that, that's right? yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? Let's uh let's answer this. Hold on a second, Phil. Hey, I'm doing a podcast right now with Weege. Okay, so you're on the air. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, so Southwick. Oh, no. dog is on the air too. Oh, you can hear the dog. All right. Oh, big time. I can hear the dog barking. Okay. Uh, so Southwick. Oh, nine re-raceables, Philip. You uh, you go thirty four thirty one. That was a lot. <laughs> do you do you remember what happened? Uh, yeah, I was riding for Team Solitaire. I just came back from ACL surgery, and I should not have been out there. <laughs> okay, should not have been out there. All right, okay. <laughs> I should not have been out there. It was, a fun, it was a yard sale. It was muddy. It sucked. Okay. I wasn't ready. All right, well, uh, I'll call you back after this, all right? All right. See you. All right. Oops, sorry for everybody. There we go. Live, live <laughs> update. Perfect. Right. Phil, Phil, just Phil gonna fill. Yeah, yeah. It's a yard sale. I shouldn't have been out there. That's that. In case you she can't hear. Told him his results and he laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, glad to know the ACL surgery is so goes so smoothly. Right. 
All right. Uh, yeah. What were you saying about Phil? Sorry. A classic, classic Phil there. But I will say, we do know, and he wouldn't want people to know this, but deep down inside, the man does have a heart of gold. He would not want people to know this. So as you know, I'm getting my own ACL surgery, and Phil has provided absolutely no guidance or assistance <laughs> whatsoever. But mm-hmm. then, out of nowhere, Steve, like a week ago, he like side texts me, hey, I got a badass set of crutches for my ACL surgery. You can take them if you want them. Oh, nice. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So I picked them up on Sunday. Uh, you'd be happy. Phil was actually not there, and he got his uh, roommate Enzo Lopes. You familiar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm familiar. Enzo, Enzo had to fish the, uh, the crutches out of the attic and gave me the crutches. So <laughs> Phil would not want people to know this, but he actually... He's a really good guy to his friends. Just don't tell anybody. No, no, don't tell anybody exactly. So, all right, uh, Lit Kid Award. Um, I'm going to go. It's, it's muddy. It's sandy. It's hard to tell. Again, sorry, Moose Racing, you're not winning this. Uh, I'll go Chad. Uh, Thor r- Racing, black, yellow, uh, looked really good. It was the stuff that was like horizontal stripes on it, kind of. Um, yeah, I, I'll go Chad Reed. He looked pretty good until he Yeah, crashed. I do think Chad's Reed, uh, Chad Reed's gear on Thor and Suzuki looked good. Uh, but just to change it up, because I think I picked that some other race around this era. Uh, I'll just go with the, the Thor was on their game, man. I'll just go with the pro circuit guys, Nate, you know, Porcel or Weimer, whoever you want to pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all of that would work, right? Um, yep. All right, uh, another category. Where's JT? This is JT does not qualify for Southwick 09. Like, what the hell? Yeah, shocker. So um, we asked him about it. Uh, I crashed first lap of qualifying practice and ruined myself, then crashed on the start of LCQ. Not a good day. Jason Thomas, everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, not not a good day at South by 9 So, um, yeah. yeah well. Surprised, though. Like, uh, this was this was the era of the unseated guys getting the smooth track, too, I believe. We, we They moved it around over the time, but this might have been around that era where the unseated guys got a smooth track and put it into the uh, qualifying pretty easily over the seated dudes oh, like yeah, JT. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. Shout out to, by the way, Kyle Gills. 25th uh, overall in 250 class, uh, currently working at uh, WPS Firepower. Good guy. I know him well. Kyle Gills, 22-23. Just missing the points. Um, yeah, and I erred earlier. Uh, I said that Baggett was a teammate of Purcell. No, this is actually – because I was like, man, I don't remember him being on Pro Circuit back then. No, I forgot. Blake Baggett shows up here. He leaves Loretta's, and he does not have a ride. Uh, and he just packed up his amateur bike, and he does the last three nationals out of his, like, motorhome thing. And uh, got 10th at Southwick, gets 10th at Steel City, and uh, with that ends up getting a ride with, uh, well, I guess that would actually be Rockstar Suzuki, which would yeah. eventually, A, become the Husqvarna team way into the future. Yeah, his sponsors uh, are listed as Monst- Kawasaki and Pro Circuit, which fits in well with everybody, but then it's Fox Racing, you know, and Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like his amateur. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He goes... Steel City, he gets fourth in the second moto, and yeah. that's kind of what puts him on the board. But Mitch doesn't hire him for 2010. Then he gets on Pro Circuit in 2011, and that's where kind of the El Chupacabra legend was born. But I forgot, like, Baggett literally had to drive to these races after Loretta's like, okay, I got to yeah. earn a ride because it didn't work. And there was some controversy, not controversy, but you can you can tell me more about that. Like, Dean Wilson chose not to race, and it was kind of those two guys were going for a spot. Dean yep. didn't race, Baggett did, and there was lots of talk in the pits about, well, this will either help or hurt Dean or Baggett. Like, there's opinions all over the map about what Dean and Baggett's, uh, um, you know, sort of Yeah, d- I guess they only had a spot for one, and they picked Dean, and they didn't pick Baggett, and yeah. I think there were some hurt feelings because Baggett, you know, he's from California. He probably had known Mitch forever yeah. and rode for him forever. Yeah. Uh, 
but whatever, two years later, they'd both be on the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but they always had a little rivalry, and they still do. Oh, I definitely. Believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. All right. So the Jacob Marsak Award for the rider who did the best that you'll never hear about or you'll never remember or whatever. And this gentleman, like Jacob Marsak from Daytona, can sit back and always point the results uh, to his friends and family over the years. There's, it's an obvious pick, right, Weech? Oh, God. I, I, you, if you had told me this happened, I'd say, no. Right. It did not happen. So, Taylor Frutrell, North Carolina, 7-7, fifth overall in the 250 class. Taylor Frutrell had a few moments uh, of spotlight in Supercross races over the years, and I think he was a pretty good amateur rider, but uh, fifth overall at a national, beating Tommy Searle and Blake Wharton and Tickle and Weimer and Baggett. Yeah, I would not have said that would happen. Yes, I did not know that. Yeah, again, an amateur guy who was like right on the verge, didn't quite get the factory ride. You know, it's it's a brutal existence out there. If you're the third or fourth guy, you know, you go from factory ride like Dean Wilson to I got to go to some races and show what I got. Somehow he got fifth, still didn't get a ride, and really didn't bounce around for long. Um, two years, uh, 2011. Yeah, last time he's listed in the results. Yeah, yeah, really, right. Um... Do, are you? Do you know him pretty well from the amateur stuff? Like, were you? No, I just. I nope. mean, I just remember him racing Loretta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. if he was walking down my street right now, I wouldn't recognize him. So yep. somebody hit us up and tell me what happened to Taylor Futrell. Yep. Did he and just also, retire? Uh, shout out to Les Smith, twelve fourteen. Oh yeah, four fifty class privateer. So Les is cool. Yeah, Les good yep. dude. Uh, Ricky Renner, eleven twelve. Tenth. Yeah, tenth overall. Ricky tenth Renner overall. Yeah, yeah, pretty damn good. I gotta say. Uh, it's a wild day. These results are just <laughs> all over go the to map. yourselves. And then, go to the, the vault, or we have all the old results on Racer X as well. Just go to results, and then, click the drop down of the year, and just look through the results of both classes. There are so many stories of these eighty guys. No, and then thirty eighth overall, Tim Ferry, fortieth, Jason Lawrence. Like it's just yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. It's all over the place. You're absolutely right about that. I would think that this was another every year we go to Southwick, and Jason Lawrence's agent Scott Sepkovic would be like, "I'll bet you any amount of money, one one." In the sand. <laughs> this is like this went on for years. <laughs> one one at Southwick, it's coming. And I think one year I bet him and I think he didn't pay. No, imagine uh, that. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm getting at here is because of all these Lawrence is gonna do this at Southwick and never would, uh, he also, Subkovic, who was in early with Monster Energy, would tell us all buy stock and monster. And I'd be like, yeah, the guy who loses the one one Jason Lawrence bet every year, you think I'm gonna take financial advice from you? And I can now say that not taking that advice uh, was the worst uh, decision of my entire life. Now, I didn't. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of Scott. I didn't really talk to him much. But yes, many stories of people of him telling people you should buy some of this Hanson stuff, um, get some stock. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, never. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can Google search and you could say, like, <laughs> hey, only one company has outperformed Amazon over the last 15 years, and it's Hanson's Beverage. Mm hmm. And uh, occasionally I'm like, hey, if I had given some COVID five grand or 10 grand in like 2004, where would I be? And they're like, oh, probably about $8 million. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But really, we are doing podcasts. Did you have five grand in 2004 laying around? Probably not. Uh, actually. Oh, maybe you. Yes. Maybe you. It's me, bro. Yeah. Good point. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I could have made it happen. Right. Yep. Uh, but I actually was like, <laughs> I think I even said, no, man, I also got this group, uh, Greg Albertine and, and Steve Hatch and a lot of r- racers I yeah. really respect doing yeah. this real estate thing. I mean, if I was going to invest, uh, those I, are the guys to I go would, with. I would do that. How do, you, how do you lose on real estate? It's not possible. 
It's not possible right. to lose on real estate. You're right, right. These are respectable <laughs> racers, solid dudes investing in real estate, and then there's an agent telling you to buy stock in an energy drink. Like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Excellent point again. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, all right, everybody. That has been the Liat Reraceable Southwick 09. Thank you to Liat. Liat.com, Maxis, Guts, ProTaper, Scott, all on board with us. Uh, what a day for Matt Gerke. Thank you to Jimmy Perry again for uh, uh, letting us talk about this race, and, and what a nutty, crazy day. John Dowd, old man John Dowd, 44. Jeez, we Disgustingly old. Disgustingly old. Uh, All right, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, subscribing, telling a friend, and all of that. Thanks, Weech. See you guys.